Deuteronomy chapter 7 this evening. Another wonderful service in the Lord's house tonight. The joy of the Lord is definitely in this place, and boy, it's just been good to sit back and sing the blessings of God, and I appreciate uh, Miss Dina stepping up here and trying to get us out of our comfort zone. And uh, it's all right to do something different every now and then. It's, it's all right to step outside the box. And I'll tell you what, we've got a lot to sing about tonight. And, and I want to encourage every time, and Brother Trey mentioned it today, that this morning we come in here, and boy, everybody just sang extra loud today. Uh, this morning was absolutely wonderful, and then it tied into this evening. Thank you. Uh, the more we put into our worship, the better it's going to get. And the more we sing and the more we get into it, the better the Lord is just going to bless it. And, uh, and I'll tell you, God has blessed us beyond measure. And I'm thankful to be a part of this church, thankful to be a part of what's going on here. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, I want to begin a series of sermons tonight on the, on the promises of God to Israel. And in this study of the nation of Israel, we will begin with the conception of it, and tonight will not be very long. I simply want to lay the foundation of this series. Uh, it shouldn't be 10, 15 minutes long tonight because I want to do something at the end. Uh, but I simply want to lay the foundation for where we're headed. Uh, but I want to look at the promises that God made to Israel. I want us to see the promises are still alive. The promises are still around today. Uh, the promises that he made to Israel are just as prevalent in our life and society today as it was 2,000 years ago. I also want to look at all of the prophecy that was prophesied about the nation of Israel. And I want to look at the prophecy that has already been fulfilled through the nation of Israel. And when you look at that prophecy and you see of all the things that God has fulfilled through the nation of Israel, to me... It reveals how real God is. It reveals that God is a God of His Word. And when God says something, He means every word of it. And God is going to fulfill everything that He promises. And, and we see that through the nation of Israel. I want you to know the nation of Israel is as prevalent today as they've ever been. They have an important place in our society they have an important place in our life as a child of God. And to them, us as God's people, we have a responsibility to them to support them and pray for them. I want you to understand the nation of Israel was used in a mighty, mighty way. And I want you to know the promises of God are unfolding on that nation. If you want to see God, look at the nation of Israel. And if you want to see what, when the Lord is coming back and you want to see prophecy fulfilled, look at the current events going on in the nation of Israel. And when you look at what's going on with Israel, you see every day that Jesus is coming again. Every day prophecy is being fulfilled. So however many Sunday nights it takes to get through this, I want to encourage you to come every single night because I believe you're going to get a blessing. And you'll see the hand of God over this nation unlike you've ever seen before. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 6. The nation of Israel has had an issue in separating themselves from all of uh, the different groups that were around them. And they wanted to 
uh, they wanted to go into these groups, they wanted to go into these foreign countries, and they wanted to marry, and they wanted to conform, they wanted to be a part, and God is trying to separate them from the other nations. And this is what he said in Deuteronomy 7, 6, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God, and the Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because you were more in number than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out of a mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandment to a thousand generations. Notice this promise goes to thousands of generations. The promise is not finished because the promise goes to thousands of generations. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of Your Word. Open our hearts to it tonight. Give us the understanding. Help us apply it appropriately. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We see here in verse 6, he said, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. This very scripture is what provokes many, many nations to jealousy. Many, many nations are jealous of the nation of Israel. They are jealous to what she means to the Lord. They are jealous to the promises that He has bestowed upon them. And the reality of it is, is that God chose Israel to become a holy people, to be a special people, to be set apart, to be different than any other country or any other nation in all of the world. And what's beautiful to me is he said, I didn't choose you because you're the biggest nation or the greatest nation. I chose you because you're the smallest nation. You're the fewest nation. And I chose you to call you out among the rest of the nations. And even though you're small and you're little, I want to show the world how big I am through you. You might be small, but I'm not small. You might be little, but I'm not little. And I want to prove to the world my strength and I want to reveal to the world my person through you. Do you remember when the nation of Israel got into Jordan? And do you remember uh, the one lady that helped them? Do you remember Rahab that reached out and extended that hand? Do you remember why? Because she heard about the God of Israel. She heard how great He was. She heard the great things that God had done through the nation of Israel. That was the sole purpose of reaching out, choosing that nation, so that through that nation, God could manifest Himself to all the world. Now I want you to notice something tonight. In every realm, God has somebody bringing Him honor and glory. And I want you to think about this for a minute, and, and i thought about this several times, but in the very beginning, in the physical realm, He created Lucifer. And Lucifer was to be the, the, the most beautiful of all angels. He was the morning star, is what the Bible said. He was beautiful and he brought God all of this glory from his beauty. 
But Lucifer fell from the grace of God and was cast out of heaven. And then God said, I've got to have somebody to bring me glory in the physical realm. So He made man. And He made Adam and He made Eve. And He said, I want Adam and Eve to bring me glory in the physical realm. And Adam and Eve was the most beautiful creatures made in the image of God, had no idea what sin was. And there they were to bring honor and glory to a holy and righteous God. Mankind was His masterpiece. He said, I'm just going to put them here to give me honor and glory. Well, guess what? Adam and Eve messed up. Adam and Eve messed up. And so, after mankind fell from sin, God looked upon the face of the earth and there was nobody that served Him. There was nobody that loved Him. He found one man that found grace in Him and it was Noah and his family. And He allowed this flood to take place that destroyed the earth. And with this one man and his family, he would restore and replenish the earth. Ham, Sham, and Japheth. And through the seed of uh, a Sham came a man by the name of Abraham. And through that seed and through that descendant, I want you to know that God was fixing to do something great. While Adam and Eve failed to give him glory, now he's fixing to call out a nation. And he wanted that nation to exist for the sole purpose of bringing him honor and glory. What did Israel do in that? They failed, didn't they? That's why they're spiritually blind today. So what is it now that God has here to bring him honor and glory? His church. Hello? In all times, in all existence of humanity, there has always been and will always be a witness for the Lord here. And when the church is called out, the saints during tribulation time will be a witness for the Lord. And I want you to know the two witnesses during tribulation will be a witness for the Lord. Isn't it amazing, no matter the region, no matter the time, God will always have somebody here professing His love for humanity. And He called out this nation. And He said, I want to use you. I want you to be a holy people. I'm going to make you a special people. I'm going to set you aside for the sole purpose so that everybody can see me through you. Now I want you to look in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, if you're with me, say amen. I want you to know there was a purpose there. And the purpose there for calling out Israel and making them great is because God is wanting to show out to the world through this nation. And I'm glad that God is still wanting to show out to the world through His people. Amen. I'm glad He still wants to manifest Himself through His people. And so, here we are in the land of the earth, the Chaldees. And here's this man, a descendant of, uh, of Ham, Sham, is Sham, there you go. He's a descendant of Sham. And he's, here's this descendant, he's living life. Everything is fine, everything is normal. And the Lord comes to this man, and the Bible says in Genesis 12, 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and to a land that I will show thee. I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. I'll never forget, over 11 years ago, a man from Wells, Texas called me, and said, Brother Josh, Michael Reese, give me your name and number, and ask me to call you to see if you'd be interested in coming in view of a call. 
I've never in my life heard of a little town called Wells, Texas. And I went in view of a call. And the Lord wanted me to go there. I took everything I had. I was not married at the time. I did not have children. I took everything I had to go there. Scared me to death. One day, Brother Norman Higginbotham called me. Said, we want you to come in view of a call at Promised Land. I gathered up my wife. I gathered up my kids. I said, let's go. Let's leave this place to go to the place where God wants us. That is scary. That is scary. I googled y'all. Y'all Googled me, I Googled y'all. I looked up Hamburg, I looked up Wells, Texas, I looked up all of this to study and get the history. Abraham didn't have Google, he didn't have MapQuest, he didn't have all of that, but what he did have was faith in the Lord. And God came to this man, and he said, I want to take you to a place you've never been before, but I promise you, if you'll listen to me, and you'll obey me, I will make you great, and I will bless your seed, for all generations to come. And I will make you a people. I will make you a place. And I will give you a presence like you have never had before. And I want you to know that the promise that God makes to Abraham is a threefold promise. Number one, it deals with the place. It deals with the place. And the next few weeks we're going to get into these three promises. But I want you to know the promise that he made with Abraham, involved a piece of property. The promise that God has given Israel involves a piece of property right there across the Mediterranean coast, right there by the Jordan River. There's a piece of property that God gave them. Listen to me. It's not the Palestinians' property. It's the Israelite property. It's the property that God gave them. Do you know why there are millions and millions of people trying to kill them today? Because they think it's their property. Friend, it belongs to Israel. Because this promise that He gives them involves the land. Notice verse 1. Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. Many, many times in Scripture He talks about the land that He's going to give the nation of Israel. The promise that He gives Israel involves a place, but it also involves a people. Notice what he said in verse 2. And I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. I will bless them that bless thee. And curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Not only did the promise involve a place, but it involved a people. In this promise, this promise takes care of that piece of property. And it takes care of the people that's supposed to dwell on that piece of property. I want you to know there's something separate, there's something different, there's something peculiar about that piece of property in the nation of Israel. But there's also something different about the people. Because on those people involves a promise that was made thousands of years ago to their father Abraham. God made that promise all of those years ago, and bless God, He kept His promise. Amen. And what do we read in the book of Generations? For thousands of generations to come. He will bless His seed as the, the stars of the sky and the seas of the, 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 uh, the sand of the sea. I'll get it there in a minute. And He promised all of these people that would bless Him and that would come forth. And God has been good on His promise. And now there is a place and there is a people. And it's amazing to me, and we're going to study in, in prophecy and history that the nation of Israel is even still alive. 
Hitler did everything he could to destroy the nation of Israel. Nebuchadnezzar did everything he could to destroy the people. And nobody has ever been able to destroy the people of Israel. Because there is a promise upon those people. And there's been many a man, there's been many a country, there's been many a nation that has tried to destroy the seed of Israel. Bless God, it's still going. Bless God, He's protecting them. Bless God, He's still on His throne and He's watching over His people. He said that that seed would prevail. Hitler did everything he could. (laughs) All of these men have done everything they could and they couldn't destroy it. Aren't you thankful that you can't touch what God has given life to? And the old man has tried to destroy God's people, but he can't do it. I want you to notice what he said in verse 2. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thee thy name great. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. The promise involves a place involves a people, and it involves a presence. God gave them a promise about that piece of property, about their seed, and He gave them a promise about His presence. He said, I will make you great. I will be with you. May I tell you that Israel was scattered upon the face of the earth for 2,000 years. And now the nation of Israel is being regathered together, and there at the property of the nation of Israel, all of these Jews, Out of nowhere, it's flooding back into Jerusalem. By the way, God said, I'll put my name there in that city. And all of these Jews are pouring in from all upon the face of the earth. They've overcome the Roman Empire. They overcame the German Empire. They overcame all of these empires that tried to destroy them. And now God is bringing them back. Why? Because He promised them a presence. I will make you great. I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. You know why we need to support Israel? Because he said, I will bless them that bless you and curse them that curse you. You want blessings in our country? We better bless the nation of Israel. We better stand behind the nation of Israel. Because let me tell you something. If you stand against Israel, you stand against God. He said, I will stand with you, Israel. And I know, spiritually, they're discerned right now. Spiritually, they're messed up. But I want you to know their Redeemer's coming. I want you to know the, the, that Jesus is coming back to restore them spiritually and to restore them into that place that He desired. The first time they didn't see Him as the Messiah, but I promise you, next time they will. And He will restore them. Oh, it's amazing as I look through all of this and all of the events that have taken place for this great country. And nobody can destroy them. Nobody can touch them. Why? Because the hand of God is upon them. This is a statement that you'll hear a lot as I preach this series. One of their prime ministers made this statement, we are six million Jews living in the midst of 300 million Muslims. And they hadn't destroyed them yet. Why? Because God's hand is upon them. 300 million Muslims. There's not a good Muslim and a bad Muslim, okay? All Muslims want Christians and Jews to die. Okay? And those Muslims want the Jews to die. And they're doing everything from Egypt to Jordan to uh, Lebanon and all of these countries to destroy them. 
and they can't touch them. Why? Because God's hand is upon them. God's hand is upon them. God's hand's upon them. Why is it upon them? Why is He protecting them? Think back to Deuteronomy. He said this, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God. Listen to me. Listen. The faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him, and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Hey, God has kept His word. God is a promise-keeping God tonight. And I want you to know the reason that Israel has survived and the reason that Israel has thrived through all of this mess is because God is a covenant-keeping God. God is watching over them. God will continue to watch over them. If God stands with them, we better stand with them. And I promise God will never break His promise. You might, I might, but God will never break His promise. I'm glad God is faithful and true to us. I want to encourage you to continue to come and listen to this series of sermons. And I hope and pray that it will be a blessing for you.